This presentation is intended for educational purposes only and do not replace independent professional accountants and or legal advice. Not all tax scenarios are the same, and we recommend you first seek professional counsel. This is the Sacramento Media Center podcast. I'm John Christensen, the host, and with me is my wonderful colleague and best friend, April Potter. April Potter. And we are really excited for this podcast because even though April 15th is a ways away, and it's January, but this is smart to do it now, we need to prepare ourselves for tax season. Dun, dun, dun. Heck yeah. We have lots of receipts and things that we need help with. And you know, we're entrepreneurs, and a lot of our colleagues are that way, and you know, some of us have for the very first time, are making their first entry in a Schedule C, right. business expenses. And, I mean, there's lots of questions we all get. And, you know, it's just sometimes, I mean, it's, the answers are out there online, but we are a little fortunate. We have a wonderful guest with us, Deanna Guy. She is a an enrolled agent, and she is on the phone with us, and she's we get the chance to interview and ask her questions. Hello, Deanna. Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Excellent. Uh, thank you for joining us, Deanna. Can you explain to us again what an enrolled agent agent is? Well, an enrolled agent is actually um, a tax professional. We're uh, licensed by the IRS to um, prepare taxes and represent taxpayers in front of the IRS. It's a little different than a a CPA can specialize in taxes, but a lot of their stuff is general where an enrolled agent is specifically a tax professional. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. Oh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let, let's talk about how, because uh, I, the reason why we're doing this podcast, because I have a lot of business associates, people I work with, and myself, and uh, even April yes. that joins me in this. And we have, we do our own taxes because we're self-employed, and we uh, mm-hmm. do a Schedule C where we take our business mm-hmm. expenses, and we're using the practice, I guess, what's called tax minimization not tax evading, because that's illegal, but sure. how we do minimize our taxes by using Schedule C and using the expenses of our business to help our bottom line so we don't have to pay as much what uh, may appear to the IRS until we give them the claim, hey, I use this for this expense and this and this and this. Does that sound right? Right. Yes. Uh-huh. I will say this. I find that from colleagues, they are confused sometimes, hey, what can I write off or what column do I put this in, (laughs) in a Schedule C? But before we go into that, is there certain dates we need to be aware of that we need to get things filed? We should be on track? Yeah. So here um, right now, um, if you have 1099s that need to be filed, Mm. those are due January 31st. They usually give you till February to file those, but the IRS is trying to get you to file those earlier because people are filing their taxes earlier and they want to be able to match those 1099s up with what people are reporting earlier than they used to because people were filing, you know, early, but they were not getting those into their system until later. So it was much later to where they could actually make that connection. Got it. Yeah, I remember February being an extension that a lot of us do, but now that's not that's gone. That's no more. It's got to be the thirty first of right. January. Right. Yeah. Especially well for the some of the other ten ninety nines. If you're filing for interest or dividends, those right. still have the February deadline. Got it. But the ones that entrepreneurs will need to file, those actually have to be filed by the thirty first. And these are contractors, uh, not employees. Contractors, people who uh, qualify as a contractor. Let's say I hire a person who does lighting or makeup for me, uh, and they have their own business. They are a contractor. And now I have to spend with them in a year at least $600 
to in the year, if it's over $600, I must send a 1099. Is that correct? Yes. Um, you send the 1099s for anything over $600 for people that you pay for services. Okay. So not for materials or supplies or ah. things like that you buy, but just for services and if you pay rent. So if you pay rent for your business, that also gets a 1099. Oh, really? A two, uh, mm-hmm. Now, that's that's interesting. Huh. Rent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, what if the, the place we rent is a uh, incorporated business? Does Do they still require a 1099? Not to corporations. Okay. Uh, to corporations. I do get questions a lot whether... Um, like LLCs need to get 1099s because some of them are considered corporations. Yes. And uh, LLCs operate as partnerships. Hmm. If they operate as partnerships, then Mm -hmm. they still get a 1099. If they operate as corporations, then they do not get a 1099. I got you. And the way you can tell is that you usually have to have um, them fill out a W-9 form for you. And on that, there's a box for them to check what kind of entity they are. Got it. And that, that's how you'll be able to tell whether they need to file one or not. Well, you mentioned W-9. Now, it's interesting. Everything I do, even for clients, I have to fill those out all the time. But that's for that very yes. reason, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and you should try to get one from anyone that you think that you're going to end up um, having to issue a 1099. Well, now we're going to get into a really interesting part. And this is, again, when we spend money on people as a contractor, that comes off our total income as what we actually end up making, what our taxable income is, as I understand right. it. So that's what you want. You want to report that so you can show the IRS, hey, I spent this money. I may have made this much money, but I spent this to, to for my business operation. So when we're right. doing 1099s and I pay a person with PayPal or Venmo or credit card, do they get 1099s? No, those amounts that you spend for credit card do not get added to the 1099 only because those credit companies, they are reporting the dollar amounts on their end. There you go. So they're required, they have certain requirements to file, but I don't know what, what they are offhand. I think it's over $20,000. I think they have to issue the 1099-K. Right. So anything going that route, the credit companies will send in the 1099 for those dollar amounts. So you want to make sure you don't include it in your 1099 because then it gets double counted. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I understand uh, because I remember doing, uh, even through QuickBooks, it it shows you right there, do not send your 1099s if you've been paying them with a credit card or PayPal or Venmo at a third party because there's tracking there. That's what the whole idea is, isn't it? Right. Got it. But if it's a check or cash, definitely 1099. Exactly, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's going to save a lot of headache for a lot of folks. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it just causes right. you problems because, it, you know, income gets double counted and then the IRS is looking for those total dollar amounts. Indeed. Oh. It might not necessarily okay. be what you've actually brought in. I have a question. I'm like, you've yeah. been at kind of asking talking about like the 1099s, I was someone that's like, because taxes are really intimidating and the thought of it is intimidating. I think that's why we're talking about this now in January and not February, March and up to the point in April. Um, What advice would you give someone who maybe is kind of new to this on the mental preparation for gathering your information together before you even fill out the forms and start inputting what your write-offs and what you're doing? Like, what Mm -hmm. would you suggest they gather first. Where Where's that first initial beginning? Well, I kind of recommend is when you're starting is to have like a, a bank account that's specifically for your business. Mm-hmm. 
And if you have a credit card, a credit card that's specifically for the business. Hmm. That way it's not kind of mixed in with all your personal stuff. Some people, when they start businesses, they try to run everything through their personal account with all of their other personal bills. I'm not raising my hand right now. (laughs) Or me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just makes it much easier and it's less confusing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go back to January and try to pick through your checkbook or, you know, look online in your bank statements to try to pick out those things. Okay. So I would try to have a, a specific bank account just for your business. Oh, a credit card sense. just for your business. Oh, makes sense. And it's a good idea, too, to have some kind of accounting software. Hmm. Um, that makes it much easier. And if you try to keep up on it, like once a month when you get your bank statement, you kind of make sure everything's in there. Then when you get to the end of the year, it's not so much of a headache. Perfect. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. What receipts do we really need to keep? I mean, do we have to keep everything? I know people just they have every single receipt they've done. Uh, is it mostly meals, travel, and maybe auto? When it comes to yeah, I still, um, those are important. Usually if you have a receipt that's under $75, they don't require you to have it. Hmm. But if you ever get audited, they're still going to want some kind of verification for that expense. Ah. And if you don't have a receipt, you have to have something that says where you were, who you talked to, you know, what was the purpose of the of the meeting, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So I try to tell people to keep all the receipts. Mm-hmm. I almost you know, laughed and said, much. do selfies count? Does it prove where I'm at? It's dated in time. Sorry. Yeah. We work in media. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's our, you know, Sophie's. how we check in. <laughs> well, a, yeah. a photograph of your receipt and maybe a note next to, hey, I had a meeting with this client uh, and, yeah. I, and I bought whatever lunch. Yeah. You can, yeah, whatever you can provide mm-hmm. that it gives that documentation to show, you know, where you were, what it was for. Mm-hmm. And, and you never know what they're going to ask for, what sure. expenses they're going to want to see. Um Usually, like you said, they they choose the hot ones, the right. auto miles and the travel and things like that, because right. that's where the the most um, it's a little frivolous are. with it. Yeah, or it becomes it's very right. personal in those right. areas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, did you really need to go to Cabo four times that year? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. How, how many client meetings yeah. did you have there? Right, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, well, that's that actually bridges to another great question. Um, and, and I can pr- share personally on this, but is it really bad to be audited? Uh, and I mean, is it like the end of the world? And now I have to chime in. I've been audited three years in a row, uh, several years back. And that's uh, really unusual. Well, it it was, and uh, they and they only caught. Uh, when I say caught, they only corrected for me, not caught, because again, I'm trying to minimize my tax, not evade. Uh, they helped me reclassify some things, and they just questioned a couple expenditures, and it gave me a lot of education at the same time. They were only asking me for a couple of items. They didn't want to see all my books, which was, I guess, that's the norm, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll usually send you out a letter. Um, yes. They usually pick like those those hot items. There's usually one of those on there for sure. Right. And some of those and can be mailed in, right? Um, yeah, so they request. do have some audits yeah. now that that are mailed in rather than actually going in to to see an agent. Interesting. And those are actually pretty straightforward. Right. They really just want to see the backup, like the the receipts, right, to some of the expenses that you're claiming. You just never know what 
those are going to be. Yes. I mean, sometimes it's office supplies or, you know, it's usually like the um, the main expenses that they think they can catch you on. And then they sometimes they throw in something else. Interesting. Yeah. Seems kind of random. Sometimes. Interesting. Well, and again, yeah. my experience, and you're right, you're three years, uh, and it actually... I know I'm um, I'm probably one out of a very few that actually had had a real easy breezy time with it. Uh, I did have to pay a couple fines, but it wasn't huge, which was good. Mm-hmm. But it corrected, and it also gave me more education. Oh, I could write this off, or I can do this. It was actually rather helpful for me because it clarified a few things. It gave me information as oh, I can write this off, and I cannot write this off. For instance, here's a here's a good one. When I take my crew out to lunch after a shoot. Mm-hmm. I I am not able to write that off because they're my crew, not my client. And right. that is called a crew lunch. And uh, if I'm paying for it, I'm supposed to be having the crew uh, consider that as part payment to them. That's supposed to be put in their 1099. However, sure. if I'm catering it, if I'm having food brought to the location, that is an expense. That is okay because right. we are stuck there. We have to stay there catering. Uh, on location is you can write that off. Taking your crew out to lunch, you cannot take that off. Right, and those are just subtle things that you wouldn't know normally. <laughs> Indeed, it was like, oh my goodness, that makes more sense now. Yeah, so audits aren't bad. I, I've I've never had a a bad one. Really, you know, like you said, it's usually just some minor issues right. that you just need to get educated on. And, yeah, you may have to pay a little bit of tax, but it's never anything terrible. And they'll work with you, right, on payments, uh, depending on what you, what you yes. owe. Yes. And it yeah, really, definitely. And you also get an opportunity to even uh, ask for, hey, look, I have a little hardship here. Can I get a reduction? Uh, you have an opportunity to, to present right. your, your case. Uh, yes, if, they're really open to, to hearing what you have to And I'm over here and I hear the word audit and I automatically see like handcuffs in my brain. I'm like, am I going to jail? What's going to happen? I know. know Everyone always thinks they're going to jail. Like I'm sweating you you talking about it. Thank God I wore black right now. (laughs) Yeah. You have to get pretty far in the process to to be going to jail. To go so. to pokey. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your name is April. And I'm like, well, wow. yeah, I hate to say it. If it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen to April. Let's just not talk about that. Just, <laughs> just random stuff happens. They do. Yeah, she, she needs to get that, that bank account for her business. Yes, she does. I do. Actually, yes, that's why I had to ask because mm. I've been in that process, you know, of really going to business for myself instead of just dipping my toes <laughs> and doing those things. Um, and that is... What I actually have to do is I have certain things in place, but I'm not using them appropriately in the way they should be. Indeed. Sure. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I, no, I, so thank you for saying that out loud because I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's a good one. And again, this is more – and not to say my colleagues, not at all, because they are on top of the business that they do. That's why they're successful and I'm glad to work with them. But let's say we have a person who hasn't filed for four or five years. Uh, yeah, and and for and the IRS is saying, hey, look, we're no, we know you made some money because you got some 1099s and you haven't reported mm-hmm. anything yet, and you work for yourself now. As far as we know, you've made X amount of dollars. You right. need to file so we know what taxes you owe if you owe any. If you don't, we're going to take that figure and charge you the taxes for that. So if it's if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you had a hundred thousand dollars for one of those years, they're going to want to see a tax for $100,000. You may have already had your expenses of fifty or $60,000, but they don't know that, right. do they? No, they don't. And that's 
One of the things, I hate to see it, that people don't file. I have a lot of contractors who are in the same boat. They don't like paperwork. Right. And they don't know really what to do or how to handle things, so they just don't do anything. Right. You know, so three, four, or five years go down the road, and then the IRS is um, garnishing their their payments from their customers to get taxes that are way overinflated. Way overinflated, because they don't know. Way overinflated. I mean, they're just, they're not taking any deductions. Like you said, they have 100,000 of income, and that's what they're taxing you on, when you may not even owe anything, you know, close to that. Right. So I, I, I always tell people, just file. Even, you know, I have them say, well, I don't have any money. Well, just file file anyway. Don't pay in anything if you don't have anything. But at least the numbers that are in there are accurate. Whatever they're assessing interest and penalties on, those numbers are accurate. Right. And your liability will be less than what they're thinking it is. Right. Yes. You know, the $100,000 that they're taxing, they're also putting penalties and interest on top of that. Right. And that isn't correct either. So just just file anyway. <laughs> Are you able to go back and file if you hadn't, like those the years that you didn't file? Is that... Yes. Yes. Go back and file those years because they're, they're not going to go away, especially if you owe money or they right. think you owe money. Right. It's, it's not going to go away. It's not going to fall off. Right. It's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. I think after 10 years they give up but that's a long <laughs> well, that's a that's a long that's time a long time for you to be you stressed know, out and hiding stressed out about it yeah just file it even if you owe money even if you can't pay anything right. and you can um, still you can do your write-offs and still do and do all of that so when you're when you're filing it's still the same it's not just you don't have to what was that when you're filing, it's you're you're doing all your write-offs from that those years, even though it is from the past. Your Schedule C's for those years. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you would still file like you would normally file. Because some people may not realize even. that you can do that. They just would put it in there and be like, "I guess that's just it." <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Okay. You you just please go back and file. It, even if you don't have can't pay anything, you can set up installment agreements right. or. Right. You know, there's a lot of options for you at that point. It just I hate to see people get to the point where their their checks are getting garnished and Indeed. things like that are happening when the numbers aren't accurate. That's correct. I mean, if they're going to get garnished, yeah. at least get garnished for what it should be. Right. Not not the not the whole not amount. the inflated right. amount. Right. Well, it, and I right. guess it may be hard to you, for you to find your expenses of six years ago. Yeah, that can be difficult to try to reconstruct all that. That's true. So it, it either or, uh, you just got to do your best to just suck it up and just do the work. Right. Well, that's a good question then. Is this a good time or is any time a good time to uh, hire someone like you or a CPA? I think a lot of people, if you're kind of on the smaller side and you're just kind of getting started, a lot of people use a lot of online tax preparation services. And those, I think, are fine mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. Um, as long as you feel comfortable doing that. Right. I think once you start getting a little larger, like you feel like you can't handle it anymore or you feel like maybe you're leaving some things on the table, you know, some maybe you feel like you're not getting everything you should be getting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I see people come see me after they they figure out they owe a ton of money and they don't feel like it's correct. Right. So I I think at that point where you stop feeling uncomfortable or or you're waiting till like April 15th because you don't want to deal with it right. kind of thing right. and trying to hurry up and get it done. Um, at that point, I think you should hire somebody to help you. Indeed. I don't think it costs too much for you to have a professional do it for you. Sure. At least you know that it's it's accurate and you're getting the most you can out of it. 
Well, you have to also weigh out the benefits too. I mean, let's say it takes a good four or five days for you to gather everything and just try to figure it out where if they can hire someone like you, you're back to work. Right. And you're right. back to do especially if you're really, really busy, which is a great excuse, by the way. A lot of us yes. put it a lot of us want to put it away and put it in the back burner because we don't want to deal with it, you know. But a lot of us like, oh, I wish I had the time. I, I want to do this. I want to do what do it correctly. Right. I want to minimize my tax as best I can, but I don't have the time for this. Call mm-hmm. someone like you or call call an expert and hire them. And I think it's important that kind of people know how the process works and don't have the time to spend to go through all the forms or enter all the information right. and then at the end, you're not really sure if it's really accurate, then I think that's the point where you go to see a professional. Indeed. Now, isn't there a benefit, too, when we go to someone like you, that you also can say, hey, this is what's available now for you uh, as a tax savings or whatever opportunities are available now? Yes. Yes. I, I think that's it. I think when you're online and you're just filling out one of those online services, you're just filling in the boxes. Right. But it's not necessarily offering you things that you don't know about. Sure. Um, a lot of self-employed people can contribute to retirement accounts. Indeed. Um, that's one of my big things. I like to tell people that, you know, you can save taxes. There's a lot of different um, things available for you to contribute to as a self-employed person that helps reduce your taxes. Yes. And there's just things like that that a professional can tell you or suggest to you that that you won't get from just filling out the boxes online. Oh, indeed. This is also helpful when you can define what expenses go where on your Schedule C, because that's always confusing to a lot of people. I mean, utilities is utilities, but supplies or or when I'm there's cost of goods being sold or what's considered in that category. I mean, that's something I would love to get more help on and hire someone like you to help me define that. Yeah, and I try to tell people to try to break things down is just categorize it as small as you can. A lot of times I'll see where people will just they don't know what to do with it, so they stick it in supplies. Right. Or they or they just say miscellaneous. Right. And then the stuff like that can get you out of it. Indeed. If you have large dollar amounts in miscellaneous, it looks weird on the tax return. Right. Or even just like in supplies or whatever. Sometimes you can break those down a little bit more so the dollar amounts don't look so large in a certain category. Indeed. Um, That's super helpful. So, Deanna, if uh, someone wants to hire your services, I know you are pretty exclusive. You work through referrals only, don't you? Yes, I do. But if someone wanted to hire you uh, based on listening to our podcast, should they just get in contact with us and then we will exchange and send emails? Yeah, that would be great. I, I would like that very much. I, I really like working with small businesses. I appreciate what it is to have a small business, and you know, it's really hard work. <laughs> and um, I, I like to see people like get out and do their own thing. And I don't know, it's just, it's just nice to see. You're definitely preaching to the choir here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You can sing to us, though. I won't ever tell you no. <laughs> Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Deanna. And uh, we do appreciate your time. And would you be willing to come back again if we have more questions down the road? Yes, I would. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to be taking some of the pieces that you said today and implementing them this year into my business because I've been naughty. (gasps) No. 
April? <laughs> no. <laughs> she doesn't know me. <laughs> she thinks I'm just good. <laughs> well, that is the Sacramento Media Center podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this helped you. Uh, and again, if you have any questions, uh, and our advice here is only uh, for your references, we do encourage you to seek out professional legal counsel and CPA for your tax preparations. But we hope you enjoyed this show, and we'll see you next time. If you'd like to visit us, we are at sacmediacenter.com. And to visit April, she's at? Pearlproductions.com. Excellent. And Deanna, thank you so much. Thank you, Deanna. You are wonderful. Thank you very much.